Gratitude That's my everyday What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Quantum Coffee. So glad you're here. Today's guest is Christina Dietz, and she is a really special woman. I'm really excited about sharing this conversation with you. Um, you know, found out about Christina through some synchronicities, different people, and, you know, just wild out people are coming in and out of my life. And just, you know, who she is and the work that she does and the journey that she's been on um, is very profound and incredible. Um, she does uh, a therapy called Orasoma, which is, means light body. It's a very old um, modality that she's learned and she's bringing it back into the surface and um, does really amazing healing, healing work in the world. She's super tapped in. She's an incredible artist. And um, she just came out with a book called Thriving on a City Grid, Being Human Again. And it's really, really quite amazing. Um, and it talks about her story. And I think you're going to be really blown away um, by her uh, level of wisdom that comes through her, uh, the conversation we have, and then just the journey that she's been on. Uh, I truly believe that, you know, faith is earned through experience. And the more challenging experience we have, uh, the deeper, more profound lessons we have to face um, really gives us a deeper connection, a deeper level of faith in the experience of life. And she has definitely been on one wild journey. And I'm excited for her and you and me to all drop in together. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. I hope you learned something from it. Um, and if you're interested in really becoming a bigger part of the Quantum Coffee podcast, we are now building out a community, a premium community uh, for $7 a month. There's a link in the show notes if you want to be a part of it, support the podcast in that way. You'll get access to extended episodes uh, and bonus conversations like with Christina. She did a little 15-minute uh, bonus um, material that's going to live inside our inner community, Quantum Coffee. Check it out. If you don't feel called to support the podcast in that way or be kind of a part of the community of the podcast, a really simple way to support the podcast is to leave a five-star review, say a few nice words. And if anything in this podcast you think might have a positive impact on somebody you know in your life, uh, definitely... Do your best to share it far and wide. I think this, especially this episode, I think you're going to really, really love it. And I also want to talk about the Heart Collective. It's been one hell of a journey uh, building this community out. Really excited about this relaunch that we're going through. Got a new community platform. Um, we're opening it up to more than just elite level athletes. We have multiple different community offerings. Really excited to bring that to all of you. So if you do feel called to be a part of the Heart Collective community, go check it out. We have uh, free resources. We have this new offering called the Inner Circle Community, which is open to anybody. Then we still have the Elite Athletes um, Forum as well. And we are continuing to put together a wide variety of different retreat experiences, workshops, uh, group coaching, and I'm opening up a private coaching practice as well. So go check out theheartcollective.com if that's something that interests you. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you. Reach out to me. Um, and without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Christina. Hey, Christina. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? I'm well. Happy to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Um, you know, this is my first time with my new podcast studio set up. I'm really glad that you are the first guest that mm -hmm. gets to experience this. And... I'm looking to do more podcasts live in person. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about dropping in with you. 
Okay. Yes. Let's drop in. You brought these beautiful <laughs> colors mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of context. I mean, it's crazy synchronicities, right? And I'm sure we'll get more into this mm-hmm. of how we even met. It was, I mean, I went to a random dinner with a person I've never met. She started talking about you in the book that you just wrote. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's interesting. I was like, tell me more about this, this girl. And so she sent me to your website and saw a little bit about the work you did. Intrigued me uh, deeply, um, definitely on this healing journey and like looking and, and hearing about different modalities. And I've never heard about it's orosoma, yes. orosoma therapy. Mm-hmm. And it's actually really old therapy that's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, so reached out to you and we've connected since then and really excited to, to drop in with you and share a little bit about your medicine, your journey. It's a wild one. Everybody <laughs> buckle up. Um, yeah, I would definitely find some time to really process <laughs> what's mm. about to unfold in your earbuds or on your screen if you're watching this. Um, but let's get into the orosoma therapy because yes. you brought a beautiful little mm-hmm. travel kit mm-hmm. here so mm-hmm. you can take us through a little practice to drop us in with the, the vibration of these colors. Yes, 100%. So Aura Soma means light body. So I work with color, vibrational color made of plants, flowers, and gemstones. And right now what we're looking at, guys, is these little glass vials that are clear with these colors in them. And basically what we're doing is we are clearing and feeding our aura. You know, we all have these bioenergetic systems, these light systems that we are consciously coming into awareness of right now on the planet, which is so exciting. Mm -hmm. And is it awareness or remembering? You know, we always go back and forth with that. And yeah, I have been called into this lifetime to show color as a new technology and how we can use this technology to activate our heart. Mm. Color really helps us stimulate the heart chakra. So right now we're going to pick a color for this podcast, actually, this is what's coming through right now. Cool. So the frequency that wants to show itself today on this beautiful circular wooden table to support all of us here, you guys listening too. So Joe, I'll let you pick that with that intention. Cool. And if you're listening to this, I mean, you know, the the quantum field doesn't know linear time, so you can join us in this mm-hmm. uh, experience. And so this is for all of us, all of you that are listening. We're all connecting as one in this moment that is infinite uh, to pick a color. So let's take a breath together and slow down and feel what comes to you. We've got a lot of beautiful colors in front of me. Ooh, for some reason, this little pink one right here. What number is that one? It is number 11. Number 11. It's a very soft pink. Beautiful. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. Okay. Do you want me to take it out here? Yes. And let's even, we're going to spray some of this on our pulse point. Okay. And we're actually looking at color frequencies of the Ascended Masters. So I see the Ascended Masters. I see, (laughs) I work a lot with flowers. So I see all of us (laughs) as these beautiful human spirits. And we all have these different aspects, different petals of ascended master frequency that we can call upon any day, any time to come forth and support us. So right now for everyone, it is Lao Tzu and Quan Yin. We've got a dynamic duo going mm. on here. And I mean, I'll talk about how this, whew, how this color smells for me. It smells like an orange. 
It's yeah, very know. citrusy. Yeah. What do you What do you experience from it? Ooh, it smells so good. It smells so good. I can't get enough of it. It's like the, <laughs> it's like all the good things that citrus does without any of the like intensity, but mm-hmm. very mm. smooth. Yeah. So, Quan Yen is the goddess of compassion, and I think of the word anything with co community collaboration connection. You know, really bringing compassion to the forefront of all of our experiences when we're interacting with the collective, with relationships. This is a very, very light, light, light orange frequency that's actually starting to shift and transform into a pale coral. Mm. And that's the color of the new world, actually, is pale coral. Wow. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of that transition that this color is going through. We sure collectively. Are. We, Joe, you nailed it. Really, orange, a lot of times can be called upon when the timeline's being healed. You know, when I, recently I was giving a session and this beautiful woman chose an all orange bottle. And this bottle is about sending peace to all the beings that we've been, restoring synchronicity in our timeline, bringing all the parts of us back together again. Perhaps after being obliterated, we all have moments of obliteration in our life. And then there's the moment when we come back together. So that's the orange. And as we know, the world, the state of the world, it's a lot about it. it's been being blown up. Mm-hmm. And I think our hearts are ready to come back together. <laughs> I know mine is. Yeah. But it is. There, there has to be death for there to be rebirth. Yes. And that is definitely what we're going through collectively. And it's a challenge for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because a lot of this division, fear, shame, judgments all coming to the surface, not just individually, but collectively. Mm -hmm. These old stories of what it means to be human, what it means to be happy, Mm -hmm. what it means to have success and fulfillment and how you spend your day. Yes, so much. Um, It's just a story that is, the more you kind of widen your perspective and let go of it Mm -hmm. and see it for what it is, it's quite quite fascinating. It's a you know, because I've started looking definitely at this in more of a spiritual way, because mm-hmm. it is this spiritual, like the wider you, you know, widen your perspective in the lens in which you view reality, it's like this spiritual battle that's always been going on since the beginning of time. It's mm-hmm. like the very fabric of reality. Mm-hmm. And to to see this very real battle coming to the surface and it's becoming so clear to us to look at, um, it's a really beautiful opportunity but it can be very frightening for people that are on this path because we're headed into the unknown and that's really what it comes down to. Yes. And the pale orange frequency talks about absorbing our shock. Like you're mentioning, there are all these things that we're thinking about working with, you know, a million feelings and humans and there's just so much happening. And so having compassion for ourselves, having enough compassion to where we actually align our frequency to want our shock to be absorbed. That means that we're having to allow ourselves into a vibration of love to even want to have the shock in our auric field absorbed. And we get to choose how we do that. And that can look a million ways. For me, I do that with color. You know, I mean, for you, Joe, what is a way that you like to get that shock absorbed <laughs> oh man i think i mean like writing yeah journaling 
allows me to process and slow down mm-hmm. and like get to know myself mm-hmm. rather than getting so lost in the the energy the chaotic energy of you know so much i mean we're it's so much happening nowadays yes. like there's so much energy emfs like mm-hmm. bio energy eco energy like all this stuff and then just the stories of you know what it what does it mean for me to be successful achievement accomplishment like stress anxiety like where does all this stuff come from yeah. and when i go to my journal and i'm able to just to like slow down and write like even if i'm just writing words that don't even make sense it's just like oh it just brings me back into presence yeah it's so beautiful getting outside as well you know mm-hmm. going out and walks in nature mm-hmm. and i love just traveling as well like experiencing new places and I think traveling, there's nothing really better to to widen your perspective, right? And there's like so much different layers to that. Like novel experiences create new neural pathways in our brain. And it's almost like breaking a routine. Like we get so habitual as as humans. Like it's just, that's one thing we're really good at is like, how do I make, automate this so that I can have more energy to do something else? Mm-hmm. But a lot of times when we just put everything on autopilot, we just become like wasting days away. Mm-hmm. And so to travel and to create new novel experiences you know and even through spontaneity like how do i bring more spontaneity into my day yes routine each day and that literally will break me out and like allow me to be more present which is it's, why is it such a struggle to like actually be present during an experience of being human i it's love really that fascinating well another aspect of the pale orange is it's the second chakra the sacral chakra it's raw wild unfiltered creative expression the primal energy you know i mean when we're maybe out in nature we're more open to a divine spontaneous moment. Now, as we know, the truth is divine spontaneous creativity is occurring all the time. It's a matter of us being open to stepping out of autopilot and receiving. Mm. It all comes down to reception. Mm. Being in a place of receptivity. Mm -hmm. It's like nowhere to actually get to. Even the path towards enlightenment is really backwards, right? It's more about letting go. And receiving. (laughs) And receiving. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, let's... um, Talk a little bit more about the colors, okay? Mm-hmm. So the, the work that you do with aurasomotherapy mm-hmm. and how it accesses, I mean, talk about the energy fields because we're obviously having this conversation kind of pretty far on the spectrum, yeah. um, but kind of bringing it back towards that, that middle ground where people might mm-hmm. be on this journey of totally. really healing and mm-hmm. trying to find themselves, find their own connection to the thing that is greater than themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk a little bit about the work that you do specifically with the colors and how that allows people to access deeper parts of who they are. Um, maybe some unconscious patternings or healing that needs to take place that comes to the surface and you holding space for them. I'm going to share a little bit more about that. Yes, I'd love to. So, I mean, this is so dear to me because this, I feel like color saved my life and we'll get into that later because it just takes me back to how I first got into it. And I mean, I was like, color, like, I don't even know what the heck these things are. I'm just putting them on and smelling them (laughs) and it made me feel better. (laughs) And that's all it was in the beginning. Um, But yeah, you know, for me personally, in the beginning, it was that it was relaxing me. I think one of the biggest problems in our world is letting go and relaxing because I believe that our systems are divine and perfect. And it's just a matter of allowing full allowance of what we are. So this practice is very good at sending the ego onto a vacation. The ego even wants to go on the vacation. And we are interacting with ourselves in a new way. And this new way is a relaxed version of ourselves. Kind of feels like before a session, you're traveling, going to a new country. 
and you're open and perhaps you're even more attuned to your subconscious. And something too about the childlike nature of the colors and using our senses, you know, tactilely, we're grabbing the colors, we're putting them on our wrists, we're sniffing them, we're waving them around in our field. And it's basically this feeling response that kicks in. It's like this experiential feeling, energetic, we start feeling really alive and we don't even know why. And that's the magic of this practice is that your mind lets go entirely. And the colors that you choose in a session, you choose four frequencies out of like a hundred. And this is your soul mirroring back to you. This is your soul communicating to you through color. So we basically go on a journey together. Time is irrelevant. And we see together what your colors are going to show us. And it's absolutely amazing. I mean, for me, it's like the most exhilarating, exhilarating ride ever to sit with you and your soul and for you to swim in that space and, you know, inspiration come through, ideas, random practical old things might show themselves. And what we're doing is we're re-looking at everything from a new perspective. And if you think of colors, I mean, these are different frequencies of light. So we're getting to shine light onto the areas of your life that want to come up. People are surprised at how practical and specific. How could something so abstract Mm. narrow down so specific? Well, let's ask ourselves the question of our imagination. When we source from our imagination, you better believe it's going to get specific. That's how we turn our dreams into reality. We're designed so uniquely down to the finest grain of sand, particle of dust. Mm. So that's a little bit about it. Um, I mean, the other thing here too is that I'm really, really sensitive and it's been the biggest blessing in, in the past pain and suffering. And I had to work through that. And my illness that we'll talk about later gave me that opportunity and color stepped in my life. Um, I, by the way, believe uh, one of my greatest experiences with God is through color, actually. Mm. And I'm always communing with it. Um, colors in our world, it's taught me to keep my eyes open for all the good around me that this place is divine. It can be so easy sometimes to get you know, so so let down or hard on ourselves or, God, this experience is just too darn much. I mean, what? How are we supposed to, to make it in, mm. in this situation? And to be reminded that the only truth that exists is immaculate divinity, mm-hmm. 360 degrees around us. I mean, for me, I feel like that's why God gave us color because... This is a beautiful look around. Yeah, like this is a beautiful world. <laughs> I know. Like this is the kingdom of heaven, right? And it's just your perception of it mm-hmm. that is really the thing holding you back from experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you know all the sages and mystics of of the, of the ages talk about like the inner journey, mm-hmm. like going inward and letting go of this this need to be something and all these like, you know, clouded lenses yes. in which we we view reality. Like it's all right here right mm-hmm. now in this present moment. Yes. And Let's break that down a little because you talked about the soul, right? With the mm, colors yes. and the, the soul communicating to you. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, you talk about synchronicities and just things that happen in life. And for me, and I know you feel the same way, is like they're happening at a rapid, crazy pace. 
Like right now, there's some collective energy mm-hmm. field going on right now that if you if you slow down and you're open, like the universe is definitely guiding me. I know guiding you, it's like this full surrender, letting go. It's a very beautiful place to be, but mm-hmm. start noticing different things in reality that are communicating to you. So like, mm-hmm. what is the abstract idea of like the soul mm-hmm. and then like the ego, like this little, little S self and the big S self mm-hmm. and how they interact and how they communicate with each other and how you can get to know kind of your soul and... Yeah, what's your perspective on that if for like a lay person that wouldn't really understand what you're talking about? Yeah, well, I think that every part of us is gift, gifted. Mm. So I see my ego to be this beautiful wild animal. And <laughs> you know, I think suppression could be a first move like, oh, this thing's coming across my path uncomfortable. And I've learned to befriend my ego and my ego shows up as inner scaries is what I term anything that makes you feel uncomfortable or bad. Yeah. And it's having that awareness in your nervous system, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you get activated for some reason, mm-hmm. oh, what is that? I feel uncomfortable, feel resistance. Totally. Yeah. Or another way to experience the ego is just not feeling like ourself, mm. having this feeling of doubt, which is really what is underneath not feeling like ourself. Oh. So, you know, it's really hard too, mm-hmm. is like society and our culture mm-hmm. is, is, is constantly like programming us in what even we're supposed to be doing with our lives. Like, yes. so, so, so many totally. people are so lost to the connection of who they really are mm-hmm. yes. and their soul. Mm-hmm. And it's about letting go and deconstructing those stories, which is really yes. a lot of this healing path is what is your definition of success? Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? You know, like asking these questions and getting deeply curious on the structure of how your ego is constructed Mm -hmm. internally. And you get to this point where you start peeling back the layers Mm -hmm. and you realize what is left. There's there's something here, but it's not any of the stories of I think of who I am, Mm -hmm. but there's still this essence of who I am. And I think getting down to that, that core part is the energy of the soul. Everything else is built Mm -hmm. up on top of that. Absolutely. You know, I use the word essence a lot. You know, our soul, our essence and the colors connect you straight into your essence. Mm. So it's a different journey than a lot of things because we're not really going through peeling layers. We're going straight home. Mm. We're going straight to the source. That's why the experience is out of this world. It's like this vibrational, like, oh my God, like it's exciting and adventurous. And, you know, that's your soul. We're so alive. Mm. We're so alive here. And, you know, I think that, yes, like there's this part of almost this gift too. And okay, we were born here and we were given this society, this family, you know, these perceived rules, these lines around us. And this is actually a gift for us to have a map to see what feels true to us and what doesn't. And so we go through this kind of weeding, clearing out process. And then we come to some sort of idea. And then we start growing and nourishing from within. And the more that we tend to our experience from within, I mean, I'm very visual. I'm an artist. So like I see like wild jungle and flowers erupting out all of the place. Oh, so cool. Waterfalls. Like, oh, like I love Kauai. Like I see that a lot of that in there. And, you know, the more that that space gets curated and we're in our power and we're sovereign beings, just meaning that our eyes are open, our ears are open and we're choosing for ourselves. That to me is the, the biggest conundrum. The biggest part is are we choosing for ourselves? And in the beginning, it's hard. It's confusing. It's foggy. You know, it's like, I don't know. I can't tell. Like discernment. Mm. 
Mm. That muscle, that discernment piece starts building. And the more we trust ourselves, and just, y'all, I'm t- talking about the littlest decisions, like what you eat before breakfast. I'm not kidding. Like, I really believe in the power of the ordinary, subtle moments of life to have to have the keys to unlock the kingdom of heaven within. Mm. That's another thing that color showed me. It's like, what is right in front of us is medicine to be worked with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to, I mean, even thinking you need to be somewhere or find something mm-hmm. or have the answer. I mean, I've very much been on that path. Like that's still a journey of the mind of mm-hmm. a projection of some other time. But the only thing that really exists is this present moment. Mm-hmm. Even those ideas come from this present moment. That's where they stem from. So of course, it's like, how do you connect with presence more often? Mm-hmm. And then you'll start understanding, oh, this is the connection to God that I've yes. been looking for. Yes. I believe God is literally in, in everything, animate, inanimate. Uh, it took me a while to understand the inanimate, but I see that we actually, we're in relationship with everything. So mm. if we're in relationship with a book or a glass, like we're breathing energy and life into it. And they're all vibration mm-hmm. and they all carry vibration. Mm-hmm. And even like physics is proving this, right? Quantum physics, we are both field yeah. of possibility and particles. Mm-hmm. And so like at the very and and we're 99.99% space. Which is fascinating. It's so fascinating. And you know what's crazy though is like there's this long tail of all these discoveries happening so rapidly, but there's so many people still lost in like kind of the Newtonian physical mm-hmm. world of like, you know, we have to prove it. If you can't see it, then all of a sudden this observer effect is like it puts into question every scientific discovery we've ever made because mm-hmm. you have to take into account the observer of the of the the scientific method that mm-hmm. is taking place to prove the theory. Yes. And so that like blows it all open. It's like, oh, we're literally infinite potential. So anything that we believe and put our energy into, we create. But it's really hard to even understand that because we live in such a kind of a constricted, limited, mm-hmm. perceivable, limited world. Yes. But in reality, when we start working with it, we actually do become the creators of our existence. Yes. And on that unseen note, something I'm realizing just with the, the collective frequency right now and a gift actually from the whole pandemic is that people are now more open to feeling alive because mm. we've just been through so much. Yeah. We've just been through so much and been knocked down in, in our personal ways, all of us. And we're just kind of ripped open. And so you're in that raw kind of energy. Like, you know, you can also equate this to if there's been a moment in your life, it's been, you know, something sudden happened very hard. You just get ripped open. Your whole routine is interrupted. You're like, whoa, you kind of step back and you step outside of everything. You know, for the collective, that's what's happened. Mm-hmm. And the beauty in it is that there's this raw energy that is making the way for the medicine of the feeling experience of the experience itself. We are now waking up to the feeling side of being. Mm. So a lot of us have been in our minds and our minds are beautiful because they provide construction and we're dropping more into our hearts into into our guts even to really feel our way to value the unseen. Some people call this magic. It's like, I don't know why looking at that flower makes me feel so good or the sunset, like the magic behind it, the unseen energy, we're really starting to begin to desire to commune with this as a species. Mm. And this is, you know, I already believe we're saved, but another way to put it is this is going to save us. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive to mm-hmm. even experience this. And it's like a lot of the work I'm doing, you know, in men's work and working with athletes and 
I'm really getting into this somatic awareness techniques mm. and um, understanding the nervous system yes. and the awareness in the nervous system. And like, it's so grounded into this, this language and this framework that's very kind of scientific and accessible to people. And it's actually grounded a lot of these like spiritual concepts into this experience and being able to teach it and share it and work with individuals in within this framework is so powerful because the nervous system is the connection to our unconscious. Mm -hmm. It's the connection to God. And so it's so funny, like a lot in in the spiritual communities, people go on a psychedelic medicine path and everybody's really searching for the answer outside of themselves. Right. And they start realizing, okay, it's inward and to really fully connect with God and to connect with the present moment, which is where God lives is to be in full awareness of your nervous system because that's how creation communicates with you. Mm-hmm. And so if you can learn to slow down and meditate and bring awareness into your nervous system and you start noticing when it gets off kilter, mm-hmm. triggered, heightened, you feel resistance, you feel fear, you just start noticing that stuff without getting lost in the stories of why you're feeling that and just be with the sensation and then allow yourself through therapeutic modalities and seeking out, you know, healing containers mm-hmm. where you can feel safe enough to actually express and process what's coming up and your your nervous system like there's literally so many books and science around this like your nervous system just wants to re-regulate and a lot of our traumas are from experiences maybe when we were younger when we didn't have the tools we weren't well resourced or we didn't feel safe enough to fully experience what we were going through or what we were feeling within our nervous system and so we kind of hold into it hold it tightly don't allow it to go because we don't feel safe and we, that gets you know, programmed into our unconscious. And that's why it triggers and different things affect us differently within our nervous system later on in life. Mm-hmm. And so to have an awareness of that, that's really what this healing path is about is like, how do I have more awareness in my body? When do I notice when it gets triggered, not judge it, but have the tools, develop the tools to process in real time. And then you can get to a point where you can literally communicate with your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's like what we're talking about with the color and yes. getting to a point. It's like every little thing, mm-hmm. like, you know, I go eat, I, I can look at something, I check in, like, is this what my body needs right now? And I can very clearly get a yes or no just by recognizing my nervous system. Is it expansive or is it contracted, mm-hmm. constricted? And it's just like little yes, no things. You can start communicating with it. And then you get to a point where literally God is working through your nervous system to guide you. And so you fully surrender into this present moment of like, mm-hmm. what is this guiding me to? I don't need to be anywhere because that's just a projection of my mind anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it really brings this kind of spiritual surrender, all this kind of esoteric inner work, spirituality. And when you talk about the nervous system and the science behind it, how it communicates, like the nervous system is your communication to the thing that is greater than yourself. Mm-hmm. It really is beautiful. And I just love um, bringing that framework into kind of the practice that I'm working with as well, because that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And the power of our nervous system, you know, and and how we experience this life, it literally is all up to us what we choose to focus our energy on, you know? I mean, literally down to what we, what we look at in the day, like where are we catching our attention, focusing it on? And as far as like all those feelings go that our nervous system can be impacted by, Recently, I've had a total reorientation of my feelings. I'm a very sensitive creature. So I think that to feel awful sometimes was a lot for me. It was like, whoa, I can barely handle that. Mm. I'm really connected to like the vibration of flowers, actually, and color. And I'm so grateful, you know, that whole spectrum of feelings. I now relate even to the ones that don't feel good. To me, that's there's no such thing anymore because... It's like that is informing me that I'm alive here. Mm. What I am prioritizing in my life above all else is being alive. 
I want to feel as alive as possible. And my feelings to me are my are colors. All my different feelings are just infusing me with life. So now my brain, my nervous system are relating to an experience that was once trauma or could be trauma as excitement and adventure and exhilaration. Whoa, like, oh, oh my God, I'm here. I'm alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's changed my life, y'all. It really has because mm. now I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. Um, I'm not afraid of my feelings is what I mean by that. Mm. And I think that that ultimately is what it comes down to. It's like, how are we experiencing the the moment before us that might not have felt good in the past? Mm. Is there a gift in it immediately for us? Yeah. I love this this language of, you know, what's your experience of the experience? Mm-hmm. Because me and you, like we can share, we're having this experience together, but both of our experiences of this experiences can be very different. Right. And that's really what shifts, right? Like, and that's really where judgment comes in. Mm-hmm. And I think this whole journey of releasing judgment and shame and being with what is and all of it is God, all of it is here to experience yes. it fully. And when we mm-hmm. decide to judge, mm-hmm. that's when we decide to, okay, we, we, we know what's right and what's wrong Yeah. rather than just being with what is. And to release that judgment is to have a different experience of the experience. So like if you're feeling a really intense emotion rather than like, man, why am I feeling this? I'm mm-hmm. scared of this. I don't like it. It's too much. Like that's your experience of the experience. And mm-hmm. to have a different experience and a different perspective of, oh, I'm just going to feel this fully. What mm-hmm. is it here to teach me? Mm-hmm. Oh, it makes me feel so alive in my body. Yeah. Oh, this is so exciting. And so really reframing your experience mm-hmm. of an experience. And that's this gift that's uniquely human yeah. as far as we can tell. It's that yep. metacognition. Mm-hmm. It is what makes us part divine, part yep. you know, creature mm-hmm. is this connection that we can actually think about thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like that's what consciousness is. Mm-hmm. And people, well, we still don't even know what that is. It's really quite fascinating to contemplate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's so, so uniquely like refreshing and exciting to talk about it all the time. Let's dive into your journey and set a little context for people on how you got involved, so involved in color. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of yeah. you might be listening to this, might be thinking, oh, yeah, like all of this concepts, how do I put it into action? Or, yeah, that might be easy for you, but I'm going through this really struggling, really struggling with this thing in my life right now. And so setting some context, because you have been on one of the most <laughs> insane journeys I've ever heard of. Yeah. Um, and what you've gone through. So, yeah, I'll just let you kind of tell the story. And um, yeah. if you're listening to this, really just open up and pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. We'll start with, I think I was around 19, maybe. I was in college. And when I first started getting sick, it was like it would come and go. So a lot of the beginning of my experience was confusion. And I couldn't quite put my finger on what was happening. Everything felt so unseen. And I couldn't really communicate about it to anyone because it didn't make sense. And this just happened all of a sudden when you were 19, it started coming into your awareness. Yes, into my experience. Into your experience. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even know. I didn't. Did you even describe what it is? Or A hundred percent. And, you know, I'll give you like physical symptoms. Now looking back, I can literally pinpoint exactly why, where, what. Like it couldn't be more crystal clear. It's, hila- wow. it's hilarious actually. Yeah. But one of the biggest lessons I'll just say right now is that we don't have to make sense. And if we liberate ourselves from that, we will experience immediate creative connection with ourselves, with our Mm. creator, with the world. Uh, We're not here to make sense. 
<laughs> so. Yeah, and there is no, there, I mean, there, there is no way to actually make sense of it. Like that's yeah. the whole paradox. Right, right. <laughs> it's a big cosmic joke. <laughs> and I, I say that, it's like, oh, well, yeah, duh. Well, the funny thing is, you know, being in society and being in cities, you know, even subconsciously, we start kind of ticking to a certain drum that uh, is not honoring our creative, unique process. And I, I don't think it's like, I think it just happens sometimes when herds get together. It's like flocks get together, herds of animals get together. It's like we're in pack mentality and there's all different experiences of that. And sometimes it just means that we try to start making the same sound as someone else, mm. which is, isn't actually even possible, which is the irony. Mm-hmm. We all have our own unique harmonic. However, we're with a lot of other people. And so we are, are you know, maybe it's beautiful that we're trying to come into this unity. Mm. You know, but then also if we're not consciously aware that we must be curating and honoring our unique drum beat, then that thing kind of doesn't really get fed, right? It's just kind of like... It's a fine line of like where where you lose yourself Mm -hmm. and like it's like Mm -hmm. boundaries of myself. This is my truth, my integrity, my Mm -hmm. authenticity. Mm -hmm. And the more of those we have, then we actually create this collective energy vibration that's like way more beautiful. A hundred percent. So it's like the me and the we. Mm -hmm. Honoring the me and discerning when it's to melt into the we, the ocean of the we. So back to me and being 19, you know, I was just, I felt really tired, you know. It was my freshman year of college. I'd always have someone that had so much energy and I would have to start taking naps every day. It was very bizarre to me. And I just felt, my brain felt foggy. I felt just kind of out of it. And I didn't really know what was going on. You know, this stuff can be so mirrored with emotional stuff. And I didn't really have a, I was so happy. I didn't have a reason, but it could have shown up like that. I just knew I was tired and I didn't know why. And I remember I went home that summer and I'm really grateful to have always been really connected to my intuition my whole life. It's kind of like, I think sometimes, well, I don't know, just being an artist, it's like, it's who I am. Like this is how I live is based off of my instincts and my intuition. And I really feel blessed for that. Um, it's, Harley would save my life as well. And so I don't think I really honored it though in the beginning. I think I kind of took it for granted. I think I was always listening to it and acting upon it, but I didn't really see the power of it. So yeah, I came home and I was guided by my intuition to just eat really clean, sweat a lot, get sun, water, pretty normal, practical things, just kick kick the thing. Whatever it was, I kicked it after a couple months of having a super healthy regime. Mm-hmm. So just like, I just need to get rid of this yeah. and do all the things I can to yeah. clear my body up. Totally. Didn't mm-hmm. mention it, whatever. And I felt amazing after. Mm. Like vibrant health. Nice. And then, you know, sure enough, uh, maybe I have one year of amazing health, like amazing. And then I move and suddenly I start tanking again. And then I actually remember I went to study abroad in Florence, Italy. And I lived in this apartment that was like a hundred years old. It was very small. And so I start tanking and, you know, this story could be very detailed, but I'll share that for the first three years I was undiagnosed and I didn't know why. And I got to the point where my, my family had to fly overseas to pull me out of my program early because I was so sick. Mm. And I started seeing doctors, um, the best Western doctors. No one could diagnose me. And I was getting diagnosed with other things, IBS, you know, oh, no, no, no. Then it got to that I didn't have anything. Was there like physical symptoms or was it more of like a lethargic? It was was very physical. Yeah. So my gut literally stopped working. 
Okay. So I could like couldn't digest food. Wow. Um, it felt like my brain and my gut said, bye, safe way, like later. Um, my, I felt like I was out of my body for three years. I couldn't use my eyes. The vision was blurry. It was like, I had the worst allergy in the world. Wow. And I couldn't hear, I couldn't really see, like I felt super out of it. It was like the worst allergy in the world. And it felt like it took over, not just my head, my entire body. Yeah. So you can like eat no regularly so you're, i mean no. you're a small girl so like you were just oh, shriveling I, up oh i shriveled up oh, wow. oh god it was awful yeah and i yeah i couldn't digest food um yeah my stomach just like was broken is wow. what it felt like mm. and but honestly like that wasn't very annoying it was annoying uh but really what the scariest part was was more of like my brain being affected um and i did have uh and we'll talk about it later but this did get into my brain so it makes sense now um, but yeah, it just made me feel so out of it. That's the best way to put it. It's like, I was here, I'm here on this planet, but I'm not really in my body. Mm. And I had this limbo experience for three years. Like what? Yeah. Like that was an insane perspective to, to be from, to exist from. And like when, when you're in that space, I mean, are you contemplating obviously like life <laughs> and like the deeper questions of like, what does this mean? But you're in this like weird conscious level yeah. state where you're actually able to, mm-hmm like kind of see those from a different perspective that an average person going through their daily life couldn't. So you were able yes. to access these. Yes. It's like, for whatever reason, this word semi impermanence is coming up. Mm. It was like, I, I, before all this was, I really valued my mind and practicality. I've always been a creative person, but I always just do that for fun. So I never really was like trying to do anything with it particularly. So yeah, my mind, um, was crossing over into the 12 inch journey down into my heart. Mm-hmm. And it was a process over years. And, you know, there'd be moments when I'd be like totally open to the impermanent state. I was in it actually. That's why I say semi impermanence because over time I was going from semi impermanence into impermanence. Like so dissociated where you would like literally yes. leave your body. Yes. Wow. And, you know, that of course, means that you're going to start asking bizarre questions, mm-hmm. the big questions. Yeah. And also, it really gave me the subtle awareness to see things that I might not have ever seen before, maybe in two people interacting. You know, um, something different might catch my eye that I wouldn't have had the energy attention to go to before. It really reshaped my entire reality. And I was a young girl sick. I had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk to anybody about this. I just for better, for worse, was on this journey with myself. And I didn't even know, like, all I knew is that I love nature. Mm. I've always loved nature. It's been where I feel the most comfortable. Animals, nature, plants, flowers, uh, human hearts. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) And I've been like that my whole life. And uh, that's why it's been bizarre to be a human in this lifetime, because I connect... uh, really well with the soul, the spirit side. And so what this journey bridged me into so beautifully was connecting to the divinity in my human experience and that it is here and that it's real. So yeah, I mean, basically. What was it like not having anybody to talk to about it? 
and like not actually having any any answers, right? Like, because <laughs> at least if you're like, oh, I have cancer, I have six right. months, of, like you can actually start creating a story that makes sense and like some kind of grounding, but you're just well, yeah, lost in this dissociated state yes. physically, mm-hmm. can't even be in your body because it's so painful mm-hmm. and you have no answers, no idea. And people start looking mm-hmm. at you like you're crazy. A hundred percent. So, you know, God, God bless my mind. I mean, I tried every day for like at least a year or two to research. Like I was majorly like valuing my mind as the most important asset that I had at that time. Mm. So I'd wake up like it was my, like my day job and I would be researching, trying to figure this out. And I explored all kinds of Eastern Western things. And the Eastern modalities definitely helped keep me afloat. Um, acupuncture was really critical for me. Then what do you think was important about that? Like, did mm. it like drop you into your body? I think that it relaxed me. Mm. I, I think that I was just so freaked out. Like your nervous system was probably just activated 24-7. Just clenched. Yeah. Like, mm. like, I mean, you know, like this is a bizarre experience and I can't speak to anybody. I don't even, I didn't even know how to communicate it. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm here, man. I'm just in it. You know, like. Float me with some needles. Give me some relief. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all, you know, well, after I gave up looking for answers, I had to give up. Mm. That was the best thing that ever happened to me. And so we talked about earlier in the show is like the, the death, right? Yep. Like when can you finally kill that story? Mm-hmm. And then you that's when the allowance actually takes place. Well, that was the funniest part because I think I was viewing the killing of the answers as illogical. Mm. As ours like giving up almost, yeah, right? Like, like the path isn't gonna Yeah. And I think actually, I think the optimism in me and like radical acceptance uh and love. I, I just accepted the experience. I'm like, I don't know what is, why this is happening, but from the love of my heart, I'm going to unify and just accept that this is what is. And I'm going to go upon my life to the best of my ability. Even though I might be man down, I'm, I'm so grateful to be here. Like I definitely entered into a radical state of gratitude that kept me alive because everything was so intense that I was on lifelines of if I could just see one flower a day, that's going to get me the next day. Like I was really, I mean, from the outside world, like I looked fucked up. Like I hope it's okay to say that on here, but absolutely, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I did not look well. Like, and just because like I was so physically sick. And you literally had to find just that one thing to yeah. like, get you to the next moment. Yeah. Next moment. Oh yeah. I mean, and you know, before I got sick, I, my kind of general nature is I'm very like excited and typically have this just sort of like light, energy. And I'm also very real and always just what I am. And so when my experience shifted, it was radical for people. Was there any, was, cause I think this is a big part, right? Forgiveness is such a huge part of the journey mm-hmm. and there's oh, this, yes. and not just a forgiveness of others, mm-hmm. but forgiveness of ourselves. 100%. But then there's this idea of forgiveness of God, right? Like a lot of people, things happen to them. They say, why God, why me? Mm-hmm. Why would a God loving God do this to me? And so there's this forgiveness of that experience and being able to see it from a different perspective. What was that like? Was it during the process? Maybe we can get into it when you started doing the healing. But Mm -hmm. like, what was that process like with why is this happening to me? Yeah, you know, okay. (laughs) I love this question so much. So, you know, this was such a brutal experience that I knew it was supposed to be happening for me. Like maybe if it was like half as intense, I would have been questioning. It was so intense that there's no mistaking that this was my path. Mm. Like even, I couldn't even deny it. It was undeniable. It was like such a radical extreme situation um, that crumbled me from the world. 
like from friends, family, from myself. Like I used to be this fun person that, you know, high energy traveling, like connecting with friends, nature, biking, like hike. I mean, I was just very active. And that identity of who I thought I was died. Mm -hmm. And like, I love that you mentioned the word disassociation because that's very much what it felt like. It was like all of some floating nothingness out in space, just being. But to realize, like to kill those stories, right? Like most people are never confronted with that type of like, okay, the story, like it's no longer who I am. Oh, yeah. But you still exist. There's still something that is being. Yes. Yes. Well, and at first it feels awful because mm-hmm. you realize what happens is when those stories show themselves and you start letting go, you realize how much you depended upon mm-hmm. them. A lot of uh, our experiences where we have crutches mm-hmm. and it's like, we don't need the crutches, but we don't know that. They're yet. all unconscious. Exactly. Patterns, right? We don't even have an awareness. Exactly. And then when the awareness comes up, it's pretty often pretty painful because mm-hmm. we, we got meaning. And validation, self-worth, love from these versions of ourself. Mm. And yeah, I think absolutely forgiveness and, you know, trusting that we are enough without anything to, to prove who we are is the name of the game here on this planet. Yeah. That resonates so hard with the journey that I've been on. And I know I, I work a lot with athletes, being a professional athlete, playing football for 16 years of my life, my entire adult life, being singularly focused on achieving this one thing. Yes. And having to let go of it is like I was confronted with these deeper existential questions like who am I without mm-hmm. this thing that has defined me for so long? Mm-hmm. And I look at that. It was one of the most intense experiences of my life mm-hmm. because like literally feelings of deep grief for this yes. loss of who I was and who I thought I was and who I needed to be and how the world saw me. And it was a very much a healing process that needed to take place. And I think, you know, we can talk about grief as an emotion, but like really letting go of that. But I'm really grateful for that whole experience because it allowed me to look at the stories of who I'm, who I am. And I started going like deeper layers, deeper layers. And yes. you have to go deep to actually access real freedom is to find total annihilation, right? Yes. yes. Which is a really fascinating journey that I don't think a lot of people can even comprehend the levels of freedom. And then being confronted with like back to your story, like you've accessed that through being so deeply confronted with the story of your hum- humanness mm-hmm. and your humanity and your personality that coming out on the other side is like you actually understand you've accessed those levels of freedom that most people can't even comprehend. Yes. And and just finding out that the personality isn't a constriction actually, because that's what I thought. I was like, oh, the personality, I need to let go of the personality, it, ego. And maybe there's a moment of that for sure, honoring that. Like I said, everything's a gift. So our personality we have this kind of fun, to me, everything's like kind of fun. It's like, we get all these things to play with. Like we have this personality that we come into in this life with, and uh, it's our signature. And it's just energy that can be harnessed to assist our soul and expression and embodiment. And, you know, our our soul has its own vibe too. I recently had a wild experience um, with my soul actually, uh, I think I'm, I'm going to share it if that's okay. Yeah, I would love for you <laughs> okay. to tell me about it. I didn't think I was going to talk about this, <laughs> but um, yeah, wow. So yeah, I mean, at this point, I kind of have an understanding. Uh, of course, we're always infinite and expanding, but I got a gist of, of my personality, the vibration of that and how, how it likes to play out. So I didn't even know this was possible. Oh, that's so fun. Um, so I was just watching a show. This was like, like last week or the week before. 
I'm on my couch, very normal moment. And I wasn't thinking about anything. I was just watching a show. And basically, all of a sudden, I felt this presence, this energy presence land right on my heart, on my chest. I have a small, like five pound dog. It felt like he was just on my chest. And this it was immediate communicated to me that this, this was undeniable. This is my soul. And I started smiling and almost laughing because I was surprised at how sweet it was. Like that was like a main feature of, of my soul. It was like my soul was showing itself to me mm. and it was really sweet. I was like, oh my God, that's hilarious. I don't know. For some reason, I thought it was funny. Like, I don't know. I mean, there's so much that happens in our experiences. And that was one of the biggest things I wanted to show. And I appreciated it. You know, I was like, thank you. I like, appreciated it. And then the other thing it showed with this was this other feature. And it was kind of this uh, double-natured effect where it was like this energy of so relaxed, just like chilling on a pool chair, relaxed with this, I'm not messing around. Mm. I'm here for the truth, to stand in the truth. So it was like this kind of like very relaxed, kind of vibing energy. And then at the same time with that dynamic nature of I'm here firm in the truth. Mm forward facing, like all energy in kind of wow. energy. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it was tangible and it felt real, which is literally insane. Yeah. And I'm just having a normal moment. I have no idea why this happened. And I actually did remember about a month before I was in Colorado by myself on a, it was right about to be my birthday. I was on a solo experience doing a lot of hiking and I was taking a hot bath after a long hike. And I looked up and in the reflective silver part of the bath. It was kind of like a mirror. I looked up and I opened my eyes and I was like, oh, I saw myself, but it was very, very bizarre, y'all. It was like my soul was looking at me, oh, which wow. again, I didn't know was a thing. I didn't uh -huh. know this was a thing. And I just was like kind of seized up and I was like, oh, kind of ter terrified and frightened me. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I was in awe. I was in awe. Mm. And then had this experience a month later and now I feel that I literally wear my soul all the way to my skin. So when we were speaking of, you know, the layers, removing the stories and any conditioning, really, it's like I see it as calcified layers and we whittle down to our essence, reach our essence, boom. And then we start embodying it, mm -hmm. sitting in it. Eventually we start walking in it, mm -hmm. expressing and over time, consistency develops. Now, none of this is important, actually. That's the funny thing. <laughs> none of this is important. It's Why is it not important? Because none of it really matters, right? There's no such thing as success. It's all about the juice. So mm -hmm. I say that because each moment on the path is juice to be communed with. That is of the utmost importance. So things are going to unravel over time regardless. I mean, everything's always changing. Even when we think we're in routines, everything's always changing. Yep. So it's the only absolute truth that I've found yeah. is impermanence. And it's beautiful because it gives us new energy to work with. Mm -hmm. Everything else is up for debate. Yeah. But you know it's going to change. Yes. And I love that too because it's like, embodiment like that was my word for 2021 which mm. is fascinating how you set an intention and things just start unfolding yes. and experiences start showing up and really even with the nervous system stuff i talked about like taking a course now and reading these books it's like learning about embodiment mm -hmm. in such a visceral way but that is the key and we have these 
souls and whatever language you want to, you want to use, mm-hmm. there is something that is greater than the mm-hmm. small s self ego personality mm-hmm. identity of who you think you are mm-hmm. that is guiding you. Mm-hmm. Like you can call that God, you can call it great spirit, you can call it the universe, you can call it nature, you can call it your heart, like whatever your intuition, whatever. There is something that is guiding you into an experience to be had. And that's usually why when we're so in the program of the matrix and all the things that we've layered on of like, what, it, what does it mean to be successful? What does it mean to be happy? Like to have a family, to have a house, to have a job, work nine to five, like have the weekends up, like all that's just a story. Mm-hmm. And so you can't actually connect with that, but there's a whisper, right? And you start finding stillness yes. and slow down in your life and get out in nature and you can start connecting with that essence. And it's usually going to call you into the things that you resist, yes. that you fear. It's going to challenge you to look deeper within yourself and let go of stuff that may be holding you back from experiencing it, what it wants for your life. And so we have this higher self, if you want to call it that, that's coming through and communicating to us. And like you said, as we let go of these layers, we start to embody that higher self because it is the highest expression, our Mm -hmm. highest potential of how we can fully experience this present moment to the fullest. And so the embodiment is to like fully allow that highest self to experience life through you mm-hmm. and it's complete surrender and letting go. Yes. Surrendering. And, you know, I, I really want to share a message of, of grace today mm-hmm. um, because that's one of the biggest things I've learned. And, you know, when we're going through something hard or challenging, to let go entirely into it is the best thing we can do for ourselves. And I feel like this is where grace gets to come in to play. If we if we want it to, everything, we have a human will here. Our human will is beautiful. We're very powerful as humans, actually. And if we desire things to be easier, if we are open to experiencing synchronicities, because that's how I see things becoming easier, these little moments that skip across our path that help us, this is grace to me. Um, if we let go into being open, just open, this and you don't have to believe in it yet just being open Mm. to it perhaps showing itself on your path that will change your life and I say that because that's what happened for me I mean here I am like I gone through the phase of using my mind of researching no one could help me then I start getting freaking accused of being crazy I'm like are you kidding me man like I've been through so much and now I'm getting accused of being crazy. What is that like? you like just seeking attention? Like, oh, she just wants attention. I think, well, it was, they, there's a there. look at her. I think she's really sick. No, she's messing with us. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that really people thought I had intense anxiety and depression. Mm. And I remember being like, yo, I don't have. Yeah, it. I do because of exactly. what I'm going through. Exactly. I was like, I didn't <laughs> have break. any of this before, but honestly, I would be crazy if I didn't feel anxious or depressed right yeah. now. This is really extreme. Yeah. Um, and I really had to, uh, I want to share this part of my story too. Um, I really had to stand up for myself and and say no mm. and deny a lot. And I used to, before that, I was a yes person. Mm-hmm. I'd say a lot of yeses. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. Very open, down. Now, this process, and it was uncomfortable to have to learn how to say the nose, but I sure needed to learn how to say the nose. And mm. I just particularly remember when I was being prescribed anxiety and depression medication. And for some people, I honor this absolutely. We're all different. For my system, I'm very sensitive. I take natural stuff. I mean, and I knew that the only thing I had going, my only lifeline was my intuition. Mm-hmm. And I instinctually knew that this was going to fog that shit up. Mm-hmm. And that's all I had. 
So I had to like, and I was in my weakest state. Like it was like I was fending for my life, throwing like yeah. the dogs off me. And I was like, no, 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 no. Wow. And, and yeah. And like, so people- Like nobody else was standing up for you in that moment. No. But you had to. I had to. I hadn't have a choice. And I even was tricked and taken to a psych ward. Wow. And um, basically evaluated on the spot. If I didn't pass, then I was going to be checked in. And I, again, I'm very sensitive. So I knew- that if I went in, I mean, I was would have just broken. I would have broken. Like that would have been it. For Withered me. away. Yeah, that was it. Straight jacket. Which person's crazy? Which really makes me wonder, honestly, mm-hmm. so much about just yeah how mental health is treated appropriately. Yeah. There's a couple of studies actually, like because one of my mentors has been you know deep on this path and really getting into psychology and talks about like a, a spiritual emergence, mm-hmm. like when someone has an awakening. Yeah, and a lot of times like schizophrenia. Mm-hmm or bipolar Mm -hmm. or multiple personality or borderline personality disorder. Like all this stuff is a fragmented psyche that if we have a spontaneous spiritual awakening, of course, we don't know how, we don't have the tools. Like breaking out of the matrix of nine to five, normal everyday consciousness to all of a sudden seeing a wider lens, maybe seeing different energies or seeing something in the grass that you don't really make sense of that you've never actually had the tools or the resource to understand. Mm Of course, people have like psychotic breaks and then we go to the hospitals and we're being treated by people that have never had those experiences. Mm -hmm. And there's actually this really cool uh, story I'll share of like, instead of, it was, I forget the study. I'm sure people listening to this might have heard this before, but um, my mentor was telling me about this story about, you know, instead of bringing people to psych words with like people with lab coats, like studying them, what they decided to do is like, what if we just brought these people into like a retreat center mm. and we didn't create like a hierarchy of like, hey, we're here to study you. But like mm. even the doctors and the psychologists and the psychiatrists, they all wore normal clothes and so interacted with everybody that was there. And so it was like half patients, half kind of doctors, but yeah. there was no like name tags or anything. Mm-hmm. And they just interacted. And at any hour of the day, if someone just needed to be heard or seen, like they would just honor their experience. So let's say someone's like, oh my God, this devil came in and was like just mm-hmm. burning a lila. Like these crazy stories that we'd see, like maybe someone on the streets talking about like that person's crazy, mm-hmm. but like honoring and they would just hold space for them and whatever they needed, they'd listen and they would honor yes. and they said, tell me more about this person that you saw mm-hmm. or this creature. And like, it was real. That's beautiful. And I mean, I don't know the actual numbers. Like I'm just paraphrasing yeah, here, yeah. but like the efficacy of what that did after mm-hmm. like 48 hours, like 80% of the people were just like healed and they went off into God, normal life. That's amazing. I, you know, the word crazy is such a beautiful word. <laughs> I mean, such a spectrum there. I see crazy as having the energy, the balls to think for oneself. Mm. Absolutely. And to really go out there, man, on a limb. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like swimming into your imagination. Our imagination is one of our greatest vehicles. It is so underutilized. Mm-hmm. Albert Einstein is a genius. You're a genius too. You just got to use your imagination. Mm-hmm. He he knew how to harness his imagination, how to tap that into the collective consciousness. It's all connected. And yeah, I mean, we're here just to use what we got, man. We got some goods to be used. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I love it. So we're, I mean, it's so funny because we're, people are hanging on. I know. Okay. So I'll, yeah. Next, next step. Yeah. So basically I, I had written off my mind. I was forced to because mm-hmm. I wasn't getting answers. It wasn't working. I did the whole, okay, I, I love myself. Like I love this life. I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful just to even breathe. Like, let's just finish. Let's ride this thing out to the end 
in this bizarre situation, but thank God I'm here. This is amazing. Like you, at this point, you thought you were going to die. I gave up. You gave up. I, like, I didn't know. What was, I just gave up. Just and gave I didn't up. tell anyone. Like, I had gotten diagnosed with parasites, arsenic poisoning. I had all these other infections that were coming to the surface from the big kahuna. So it was just getting worse and worse. And worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh-huh. so, but we couldn't figure out the big thing. And I was so tired emotionally of dealing with all of this. So I just tried to like, honestly, be like, oh, I'm fine after the arsenic poisoning. I'm good. Like, I'm going to just get back to life. And I attempted that for like seven months. And I was working. I was feeling exhausted. And yeah, I mean, bottom line, what happened is I must have allowed grace to come into my life finally, after struggling for years. And (laughs) I was reading a magazine at Christmas time. This is all very strange. I don't read magazines. And anyways, I saw this beautiful waterfall. And this waterfall, it wasn't like, you know, a giant 200 foot waterfall. It was actually like a little waterfall. And it had this bright green moss all around it. And I don't know what the heck, like I cut this thing out. I I don't do this. I've never cut out a picture from a freaking magazine. Like I don't know. I just cut it out. And it was this beautiful little beaming, bubbling waterfall that I kept with me. And at this point, I'd been traveling around a lot, moving in and out of spaces. Um, and it somehow always made its way with me. And I would put it in my little bedside drawer. So basically, I'm being told where to look up the location of this waterfall. And it was very hard to find. Like I saw that it was in New Zealand, but it's a random nature spot in New Zealand. That's the only thing you saw that was labeled in the yeah. magazine was New Zealand. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I was like, okay, that doesn't help me at all. Yeah, like really think about how hard that <laughs> is to find a waterfall in a magazine yeah. somewhere in New Zealand. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So, you know, I attempted, but I was like, this is retarded. Like, I, mm-hmm. what am I doing? So I put the idea away, whatever. I'm in my life, you know, struggling health wise. And it just kept coming up like a month later. Okay, go check again. And eventually I put this on my bathroom mirror. It's like, this thing has a life force and it's doing something. It's speaking to me and it's telling me that, but I'm also kind of denying the experience. This is when I was still kind of, okay, my mind has the most significance to me over my heart or feelings or instincts. So I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. This is a little weird, a little crazy. This is when I was like, this is a little crazy. Mm-hmm. And put it up on the mirror. I'm seeing, I'm connecting with it every day now, face to face. And then I start having um, very vague, don't remember a lot of my dreams. And I just started having this experience in my dreams where I'd be surrounded by green healing mist. And I had this reoccurring, which is very strange for me to one, remember two to have a reoccurring thing. And I'm feeling so connected to this waterfall. So I go to look again. It's after like five months, maybe I find the location and it's on a four day hike in New Zealand. And I'm like, like you can't get there by road. No, no, no. You have to like four days hike into, (laughs) which makes sense. Yeah. I basically (laughs) have to go on a pilgrimage. And I just was like, thought this whole thing was hilarious. I was not going to, I was not going to quit my job. I was not going to go quit my job, go by myself to go hike, to get to this waterfall. Like, because it's going to make me feel better. What? It's going to solve me. It's going to give me a diagnosis. Still inner skeptical. Oh, for sure. Oh, I had such a strong inner skeptic. Uh I totally denied and this is years into your sickness. Yeah. Still hanging on. Yeah. I deny the practicality that my heart, my feelings, my instincts could give me. I, mm-hmm. I didn't deny the beauty in them or, you know, the kind of cool vibey emotional experience of them. But they weren't going to figure it out for you. They weren't going to solve shit for mm-hmm. me. I didn't take them seriously. So, and this also has a lot to do with the feminine. 
<laughs> which sounds like cinnamon. I didn't take the feminine, the divine feminine seriously at this time. I really was operating off of a masculine ray and frequency, just mm. y'all out there meaning like I was very into doing and uh, not as much honoring the information that I could receive and guidance I could receive from being still with myself and even open to ideas coming through. I think this is a, this is a journey that we're on collectively right now. Yeah. You know, societally, you look at like this, just the way we're just doing and achievement and progress and going. And I mean, if you're listening to this, like when's the last time you've really just like taken some time, taken a day off from work during a weekday? Like you have permission to like, let me just take a day off for myself. Like when's the last time you've actually done that? Like little things to give yourself space. And what I've found is when I honor that, I actually get more done. I'm more mm-hmm. in flow states. I have more like insights, creativity, and I'm actually able to produce more in my life in a way easier energetic field. Yes. So yes. that's just a little side side note for what we're kind of going through on this collective healing journey. So connecting more to the feminine, yeah. find this waterfall. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Shoot. Like some the power of my intuition, I was starting to give more way to that. I must have, because I was starting to actually consider doing this. And I also want to mention, as I was really sick, I started craving color through food and, you know, just bright juices, healthy vegetables. Um, I didn't think that much of that because, you know, when you're sick, you you need to eat healthy. But I was noticing that I was consuming like highly colorful food. So that kind of had been going on. And um, I'm also an artist and I had only made art in black and white for 10 years. And suddenly overnight, I'm using what felt like Russian to me, all these colors. I didn't even know what I was doing. Remember, I'm congested. I have this crazy allergy in my brain and my gut. I can't see. I can't hear. I don't even know what I'm making. I'm just throwing colors out on the page. So here I am. And I'm at a moment where I decide to hand my life over to God. I decide if there is a God, right? Like I saw nature as that, but I was still exploring kind of what that meant to me. So and I love to say that God is dog spelled backwards. You know, there's there's levity there. Like, not no, we're not here to take things too seriously. This is such a beautiful gift to be here. Mm-hmm. So basically, I was like, okay, I'm going to fully surrender myself. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to go on a one-way plane ticket to New Zealand. I'm going to sign up for this hike because you have to have permits and everything. And I'm, I'm just going to go do this because my system is saying this is the way to diagnosis. And this was radical for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now this is like, now I do this stuff for fun. Like in my sleep, I love, love operating <laughs> this way. But then it was like, it was crazy. And yeah, so I, I, I did, I went and I went to a very colorful place, New Zealand, such rich green energy there and, and blues, but just so much green. Um, and yeah, I, came to find out after craving all of this color that I actually ended up being diagnosed with black mold poisoning. And my doctor told me the smartest thing you can do for black mold poisoning is to get into clean air. So my system took me to one of the cleanest aired places in the world, New Zealand. You didn't know this at the time. This was your intuition. I had no idea. I, I did this based off of a waterfall that I cut out that led to me going. Wow. So how how did you figure out it was finally black mold? Yeah. So basically, you know, I actually started traveling all different colorful countries, craving color, India, Bali, color, like New South Wales, um, 
just at this point, I'm conscious that I'm craving color. And, you know, I'm also really sick. Do you feel better when you are around color? Like, is it actually viscerally making you feel? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because each color has a different frequency. And we are, our bodies are made up of light. So very much we're being changed when we're interacting with colors, especially consciously. Mm -hmm. Our thoughts, our feelings can totally be up-leveled by coming into resonance with the color of that moment in that time. And you were connecting with this? Yes. I'm kind of just... Finally, this is like the initial first step of you actually starting to connect with these colors in a very visceral way. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And yeah, I was in Bali. I was about to stay for a year, take a job. And I had just gotten into grad school in Austin for counseling. And I also was sick. I was sick. And... I had to make a decision. Am I going to go back to Austin? Am I going to stay and work this job? Which honestly, I I have premonition. I can see potentialities of paths. I knew that if I would have taken that job, it would have led me into an entirely different life. And I would have stayed more in that area predominantly, not come back to the US. So my body told me that I was going to get a diagnosis if I went back to Austin because I had been on a waiting list for a year and a half with a doctor. And my time was due and I got into grad school. So I was like, I'm going back. I forgot. So I'm going, I'm going to do that, but I'm going back to get a diagnosis and I'm going to get one now. Mm. And sure enough. Um, and this is when I'm like really tanking because I didn't realize, but I was living in black mold again. So when I was in spaces with mold, black mold, especially that's when I would start tanking and my infection had been building up over time. And so my immune system was suppressed and I was picking up all kinds of other things. Um, so it was very hard to diagnose what I had because it had so many symptoms and there are all these other side infections. So came back and I'm working with her for like a year. And I, yeah, I was, I was horizontal mode at this point, not making it like I could barely get to class. Like I was going to have to like withdraw from class. And I've, Death and I are best friends. Mm -hmm. We love each other. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, I was on my way to die. And I knew it too, which was kind of the scary part. Mm -hmm. I picked up a, I picked up MRSA, which is a deadly staph infection. Mm -hmm. And I picked it up at a time where my immune system was just done. And I knew death was knocking at my door. And I knew if I went to the hospital, it was just game over. So they told me they were like we don't know if the you know the, the medicine's going to work because it's so resistant to antibiotics and um yeah i remember leaving my entire life withdrawing from school i had just gotten diagnosed with black mold poisoning i'm going back home to dallas for my family to take care of me i'm so sick and i didn't know if i was going to make it and i'm i'm almost to dallas i shouldn't have been driving and i've had to leave all of my belongings twice in my life um, out of, I didn't want to, um, the third time I chose to, (laughs) um, and I'm almost better place to be. It is. (laughs) It really is. But yeah, I'm almost to, to Dallas. I see the skyline and out of nowhere, this piece of large piece of wood is hurling at me. I'm going 80 miles on the highway, cars on both sides. And it's like the slowest moment. The wood is hurling suspended air coming right from my front windshield. And I am like, like, this is it. And I remember literally telling God, this is a very important moment, telling God that if I get to say so, if my human will gets to say so, I do want to choose to live here on earth. I do want to stay here. And I think that that was up for question for me on an energetic level. 
probably for most of my experience up until this point, because it was like I was born here, but I found out I'm missing detox genes mm-hmm. that led to some too serious life. I mean, this is a lifelong experience I'm in. And I was like, I feel like I'm not even made for this place, mm. but I'm here. How am I supposed to be here? And God kept telling me that your work's in the city. And I'd always feel so much better when I was in nature. So anyways, the wood at the very last second turned and knocked off my right mirror. Yeah, instead of it. cracking <laughs> yeah, instead of going through my you. windshield yeah. and me dying. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then I started treatment for two years. So at this point, you know, I'm finishing treatment. It's been five years of a 24-7 extreme experience. and. Um, then I really had to accept that I had a lifelong experience. I was really kind of stubborn to that. I was like, I don't want to take any more supplements. I don't mm. want to do any of this. And so I really rejected that. And, you know, I then had to, I had another two years after the five of like accepting and learning how to maintain and live with my experience, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm someone like drawn to pristine things, you know, I mean, it, it keeps me really clear. And, and the things I enjoy and love the most, it's like, this is my vibration. And now I've decided uh, I can be in it fully mm. in this world. So. Oh, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. I got a little emotional there when you shared that moment of the log mm-hmm. flying, hurling down and like you deciding like, I, like this is an easy way out almost. Yeah. Like take me yep. now. This is, mm-hmm. I've been suffering for so long. Mm-hmm. But at that moment you said, I'm willing to, to do this thing because... Ooh, it's good. Because mm-hmm. that's the whole point, right? Is to have the experience. It's not yeah. wanting it to be something it's not. It's like we're here being with what is, knowing that it is all God. Like mm-hmm. that's the whole purpose is to have an experience. And that's it. To take the experience away is like, what else is there? You know, this life is so precious. Mm. This life is so precious. You know, I'll just be honest and share this. Like I found out yesterday that I do not have cancer. The past three weeks, I had a cancer scare. Oh wow! So I had been riding a wild wave. And, you know, like I said, death and I are best friends. And at this point, death is my best friend. It sits on my shoulder all the time and it breathes life into me. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful to be here. I mean, whatever the experience is, Whatever it is, it's it's such a gift. And our lives go by so fast, so fast, it's so precious. And this version, we're not going to get back. There's so many different iterations and versions, but this creative one, we're not going to get back. And yeah. the thing is, we already are perfect. We already are divine. And there's literally nothing to strive for. We don't have to do anything. Literally, we, we wake up and we breathe. And we're enough. Mm. We're perfect. Everything that comes... From that is a cherry on top for mm. the world. Mm-hmm. Just being alive is such a gift. Mm-hmm. However, we show up that day, yeah. we could be sour, we could be sweet, salty, whatever it is. What a fucking gift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And you can't fully tap into what it means to be alive unless you've confronted your death mm. and to have done it so many times throughout your life. Uh, there's no wonder you have such an amazing, bright, beautiful energy and you're showing up with such love and compassion and beauty. And it's really beautiful to witness. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I'm really, let's all celebrate. So no, no cancer. Yeah. It must feel really good. Whew, it was a huge relief. 
a lot of energy got freed up space, energy, and, and also just, you know, it's just my path. Life and death are just so connected. Mm. Like that's symbiotic. Yeah. Right there always. Always. Mm -hmm. And I think that honestly is part of living on the edge, Mm -hmm. you know, living beyond the edge is what I should say now. I feel like I've gone beyond the edge. And what I mean by that is I um, like to choose a word to embody for my year when I turn a birthday. So this one, and they're given to me. Everything at this point, I surrendered my life when I went to New Zealand. So I've literally been surrendered for, I don't even know, years now. Everything is just given and I always, I always do it. Because I made that promise. Mm. If I got to get my life back, give my life over to God, if, if I got to, to get a life back, then I'd, I'd do whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been the case. And so the word given <laughs> was obliteration. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? For an entire year? Like I get like a moment or moments of obliteration. I like, I don't know how this is going to go. So I've been on this uh, path of obliteration. It's been beautiful, mm. beautiful. There's so many ways that uh, we, can, we can be obliterated by being in service. Mm-hmm. Talk more about that because that's the word that came to me when you said full surrender, mm. showing up. Like, what am I here to do? Like, all this is gravy. Like, you can use me, God, in whatever way you want. And a lot of times that shows up in this, this desire to be of service to the greater good or the experience itself, however you want to describe it. Talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how you see service within your own life and the importance of I think the human experience of really showing up to be of service to something greater than yourself. hundred percent. So, you know, I, everything to me that's true is a paradox. So I feel like we're, I'm very visual. I feel like we're continuously building ourselves up into something. And then the idea is that we kill ourselves and then we build ourselves up into something. And then, then we kill ourselves. Now this could look like work changing, um, a project shifting, the seasons changing, I mean, this is what the truth is. It's of change. And a child growing. A child growing. Mm, always changing. Right. And and the the part that it seems like we're pretty groovy with creation, creating. It has kind of that like inspiration, that light. Now the part that, you know, takes a little bit of of a little alignment with sometimes is the death part. And that's mm. the letting go, the crying, you know, the moving on, that sort of thing. We grief. Grief. Yes. Mm. Grief. We we seem to kind of like don't know what to do with it. And so I really do feel that like you get a haircut, that's a death. You poop, mm. that's a death. You pee, that's a death. We're having deaths all the time. Mm-hmm. You go to sleep, that's a death at night. Uh, so, you know, coming into conscious relationship with how we're dying in our life. And not only that, then Joe, like going for it. Like now I'm going for my deaths. So mm. that's where the obliteration piece comes in. It's like, I want to be continuously being obliterated because that's going to blow my heart open to serve deeper, Mm. deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. So if a part of me is being created, almost like an identity is being formed over a day, a week, I immediately want that to die. And I don't even have to do anything at this point. Like, right. This is just, this is just my experience. This is now the path I'm on. This is what's happening. And I just see it as that I'm surrendered to, I think of the pale coral frequency, the cycle of life. I think of coral and the sea, the interconnectedness, you know, symbiotic nature, everything's being born and dying. Mm -hmm. I feel that I'm, it's like this wheel. I'm on this beautiful circle now that's eternal. Mm -hmm. And I am running towards my death. Mm -hmm. Because (laughs) it's running towards your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Like we're not on this linear experience. It's like 
nature, life, the universe, creation is all cyclical. Mm-hmm. Like we're always going in cycles. The with the Ouroboros, right? It's yeah. like the snake eating itself. Mm-hmm. Like that is all creation summed up into one thing. And it all is mm-hmm. happening right now. Right now, which is service, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, that is service. So mm-hmm. me just being here is service. That is how my heart sees. I believe the heart has vision that we can activate. Just like there's the mind's eye. I believe our heart has vision and can and brain now has actually been proven that rests inside our heart. And we can scan our experience and, and be present and connect into it with our heart. Mm. To me, that's service. Mm-hmm. That's it. And, you know, I'm doing this all the time. I'm honored to be here, to, to be in communion with everything all the time is service to mm-hmm. me. I see God in everything. And I just can't even believe I'm here. And it's going to be gone in a second. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, okay, we're coming up on on time. I do want to talk a little bit about your book. Yeah. Right? So oh, yeah if yeah. you guys are interested in learning more about the story, she talks about her black mold journey and then gets into, I haven't really gotten to the second half yet, but it's called Thriving on a City Grid, Being Human Again. Um, where can they find this book? You can online. find it on Amazon. Amazon. Uh-huh. Um, so is there anything else about the book? Because you kind of talk more about yes. bringing this whole journey into how do we live. In a city. In a city, right? Because a lot of people, especially on this path, like how do I get more into nature? How do mm-hmm. we go back to where we came from, which mm-hmm. is nature? But a wider perspective is we are nature. We are creators yes. of nature because we are an aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And so cities that we've created are actually an aspect of nature. And so how do we mm-hmm. live more in alignment with those? And there's different, definitely different ways we can do that more mm-hmm. in alignment. But that's what the book's about. Yes. The, the book is, you know, the version of yourself when you're out traveling or in nature or on vacation, that version can be who you are all the time in the city too. And one of my greatest struggles was uh, feeling amazing when I was traveling or in nature. And then I come back to the city and I would feel like shit. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I surrendered to the journey of being guided by God to bridge that gap for myself to heal. I had to, I was told I had to make it in the city physically because I was to serve in the city. I was to serve the city. And so basically, yeah, the book, the first part is about truth serum. So it's really exposing, bringing to the light, you know, why we struggle in the city and it's okay. Like there's a reason why we struggle. It's actually healthy that we're having the response that we're having. Mm-hmm. Like if we weren't having that response, we wouldn't be human. So the the first part's really giving you validity and almost like, oh, don't be so hard on yourself. Like, man, yeah, there, there's some whack, whack, whack things happening right now, but it's okay if we come into conscious sovereign awareness that we get to relate to it in a new way. So it's really a lifestyle book that is pure inspiration to help you curate your attitude and all the way down into your day. And I speak a lot about the heart because I do believe the heart is a technology. I do believe that we are waking up to letting the heart, letting the feminine within us nurture the masculine within us. This was my journey, like from the doing to the being. And I did not know that my gifts were in the being and the feminine. Mm -hmm. They sure darn are. And now I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I'm so grateful for my masculine to help me drive things forward. That energy feels so good and clean and crisp. Um, So yeah, the book, if you're someone that feels like you've been struggling in the city, you don't feel free. I mean, this is a doorway into experiencing 
your true reality and, and having like a fun time with that. That's a big message for me is that life can be fun. I mean, literally healing can be fun. Like I, I pushed myself through like the heavy duty part in the beginning. And then I just like, didn't have any anymore to struggle. I just like gave in. And that's when I swear to God, I came across this color thing. That's when it showed up in my life. Cause I just like, you know what? I just need some relief, man. And I let myself choose to get that relief mm. to receive. So the, one of the biggest messages of the book is about receiving this experience, receiving our grace, receiving our freedom. Mm. It's all here. We already got it. It's the doors open. It's like, are we going to walk through? So this book was designed to be a vibrational portal to welcome you into freedom and to bliss. These things are actually real. That's, that's actually what I found out. They're not these like whimsy little things that sound nice. I feel mm. good to think about. They're tangible. Mm-hmm. And I am experiencing this. So that's why I wrote the book. I'm like, I have to freaking share this. This is insane. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. Go check out the book. And I know, Christina, you're going to be probably writing multiple, multiple mm-hmm. books. So to go on this journey with her uh, as she continues to share her wisdom and her knowledge, uh, definitely go check it out. And with the color therapy, yeah. there this Orosoma therapy. Yes, Orosoma. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are interested in this, you know, she, Christina here resonates with you and you'd like to work with her. She actually offers and works with clients in one-on-one. She does group therapy sessions, retreats, all this stuff. So Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about uh, how someone can find you or, you know, get a session with you. Yes. So I have a studio that's in Bolden Creek neighborhood and yeah, you can go to colorful.one, O-N-E. And that's my site. And yes, I do one-on-ones. I also offer group work. I do even things like parties. Mm. The whole point is to have a moment where someone gets to reflect their gift of their soul through color frequency. So it's just high energy affirmation. And then I facilitate deep uh, group journeys on retreats through the color work. And I even do corporate wellness stuff. I mean, this color work is really just to bridge connection into the clarity Mm. of our soul being out in this world. It's time for our souls to be out in the world and not locked up inside. Mm-hmm. Let's free ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And like even just doing it in groups, like just the, the smell and just on mm-hmm. the very base foundational layer of what this does, like it connects everybody. It senses. It, it senses. brings the senses yeah, it brings back. you into presence. Yeah. It's very natural. It's all made from plants, flowers, mm-hmm. gemstones. I mean, plant kingdom, mineral kingdom. I'm super connected. I mean, we are nature. And so to commune with these products every single day is such a freaking gift. I feel so, so thankful. I'm always working with an equilibrium. Right now I'm working with olive. I just started a new journey. With olive? Olive, yeah. I love <laughs> the it. The color olive and it's... Um, do you do like dietas with olive or like just connect with it vibrationally and like I mean, commune with it? Co- commune with it, but also like my actual big colored bottle is all olive color. Okay. And it's all about welcoming home the divine feminine leadership of the heart. Um, and there's yellow hidden in olive. So it's all about splashing ourselves with optimism and hope again mm. for a new time. Mm-hmm. And we need that energy right now. Absolutely. So thank you. Yeah, that's that, that's kind of my final question I wanted to, mm-hmm. and this can take as long as you need mm-hmm. because it's a big question, but where do you think we go from here? I mean, mm. yep. we've talked a lot about this inner journey, kind of what we're going through collectively, this healing path, coming back to like, you know, really very, real situation when mm-hmm. you look out into the world right now there's so much division so much fear mm-hmm. so much getting shaken up yeah. that it's hard for us to find any type of grounding or stability or centeredness or alignment within this crazy 
shift that's taking place. Yeah. So what is, in your perspective, what do you think is going on? And what, mm-hmm. how, like, what do you think the next coming years is going to be like? Okay, so two parts. Part one, I'll answer on like an individual micro basis. Part two, I'll do macro. Mm-hmm. So the micro, just coming to you listening here right now, we have hearts. We are here to use our hearts. I believe that we're designed to lean into what feels good. And it's up to us to do that. So when things are so wild and crazy, at the end of the day, all that matters is to feel love. And what that might look like for you is just leaning into something that feels good. It might be a person. It might be um, riding your bike. It might be making something, making your food. I mean, these are pretty simple things. It might be petting your dog. It might be just when you walk outside, you're like, oh my God, the sky's blue today. Or, oh, it's really cold today. I mean, that's it. Like, that's how I'm living right now. The, mm. the planet could get blown up tomorrow. And, and you'll be present for it. Uh, yeah, well, I'll be, whoa, I'll, yeah, I'll probably be freaking annihilated. out. I'll be being <laughs> annihilated in all of the annihilation, probably of all the colors. But, but yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we can't make sense of things right now. Mm-hmm. Now we're not supposed to. And that's yeah. the lesson we're in. We're not supposed to make sense. We're supposed to let go of sense and logic and solving. We're not going to solve this. This is just like my uh, healing. I wasn't going to solve it through my mind. Mm -hmm. And because it got to such an intense part, it forced me to have to let go and to relax. So relaxing, I really believe the most powerful thing we can do is relax. And I believe curating our our space around us is so important. Uh, Even if we travel a lot, just having some sort of little like a um, couple of special things you take with you when you're traveling, just set up next to your bed. Uh, practically, I found this to be one of the most impactful um, vibrational up levels on my life is how I am curating my space around me. Mm-hmm. And um, then on a macro level, and this is kind of how the book ends, is that I really believe that our cities are the future. I believe that Austin, Texas is going to be in, in the transformation of being one of the first conscious cities not only in the U.S., in the world. I think that that's because there's, um, I don't know if it has to do with the earth, uh, the frequency of the earth here, but basically there's a lot of heart energy here. Mm. And people from all over the world are flocking here. I also saw this happening before the pandemic, which tripped me out, but now it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And this place is getting blown up with the heart. Mm. And we are going to start restructuring our city grids. They're going to look different. We are going to bring in more nature. And we're doing this now. This is going to happen over time. But what's happening is as we grow that jungle inside of us and we start communing with our beauty and we start focusing onto the beauty and the love around us in our life, that's literally going to change what our cities look like. They're actually going to become more beautiful. It's wild mm-hmm. and wild, that that too. And, wild, yep. and we're going to become happier because we're going to be getting mirrored back with what's inside of us. You know, maybe we feel trapped and comfortable with all of our lines and the way things look, because perhaps that's what's happening in dominantly in our species right now. We feel trapped and stuck. So it makes sense. As within, so without. As, as above, so below. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm honored. Over. Thank you for having me. This is very fun. This is so fun. Yeah. And we would love to hear from you if you're listening to this. Uh, leave a comment. Reach out to me or Christina. We'd love to hear what you think. Definitely can get Christina over here. I mean, we could probably talk for hours. Yeah. But if you guys are interested and you guys want to hear Christina again, let me know. Um, and we're about to drop in. So we're doing a 
through the Quantum Coffee premium membership. If you want to join the internal community, this is something new I'm working on. I really wanted to engage with uh, people around this podcast and this conversations. And so I think it's $7 a month. There'll be a link in the show notes. If you want access to extended episodes, I'm going to drop in with Christina here. We're going to jam out for a little bit longer. And that's going to be access just to the premium members. If you don't feel like joining the inner community and you want to support this podcast, a really simple way to do that is to leave a five-star review, uh, share a few nice words about how this podcast impacted your life. And if there's anything in here that you think might resonate with somebody you know and help them on their journey, please uh, don't hesitate to share this far and wide as well. That's really what we're all here to do is to be of service to one another. And we're all on this journey together. And there is a lot of unknown, but Mm -hmm. hopefully this podcast can give you some type of uh, safety net in the unknown. And so I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Christina. All of your information will be in the show notes and any links, check out her book and check out, are you selling these online as well? Not online, just in person. Yeah, Just in person. So you got to come here to Austin, Texas. Yeah. Check it out. Vibrational products. I can ship though too, but yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you.